Hare Krishna everyone, <clears throat> dear devotees, welcome back to the daily readings of Srila Prabhupada's books right here in Hive, Kent, Southeast England, just near the English Channel. Uh, we hope all of you are well and safe and happy in all respects during these very difficult times that the earth is going through <clears throat> as a result of the uh, sinful reactions of most of the world's population. Um, but we are getting real relief, tangible, real relief from hearing these transcendental literatures Srila Prabhupada uh, compiled or inspired. Uh, now we're reading Srimad Brihad Bhagavatamrita. Gopi Prangdana Prabhu was inspired by Srila Prabhupada to translate both the verses and the commentary on this verse, on this book. And the commentary has never been translated before into the English language, which is quite an accomplishment because <clears throat> it's been there for a long time. There have been a lot of great scholars in India and the Gaudiya Math in particular, <clears throat> but no one could do it because it requires such a depth of Sanskrit knowledge, English knowledge, and knowledge of the uh, culture and philosophy um, of the Bhagavatam. So, let's begin by chanting Sri Briya, um, Srimad Bhagavata Mahima Stotram, which was also written by Srila Sanata Goswami. It's very fitting uh, to chant these prayers every day before we read Brihad Bhagavatamrita. Mm. It's actually prayers to the Bhagavatam, Srimad Bhagavatam. But the Brihad Bhagavatamrita, being the Amrita, of the Bhagavatam, it's very fitting. Uh, knowledge of the Bhagavatam is the basis for the Brihat Bhagavatamrita. <clears throat> so, Srimad Bhagavata Mahima Stotram goes like this Sarva Shastra Dipi Yusha, Sarva Vedaika Satpala. Sarva Siddhanta Ratnaja Sarva Lokaika Drik Prada O nectar from the ocean of all scriptures, singular fruit of all the Vedas, rich mine of the precious gems of all conclusive truths, you are the only giver of sight to all the worlds. Sarva Bhagavata Prana <clears throat> Srimad Bhagavata Prabho Kalidvandotita Aditya Sri Krishna Parivartita O life heir of all the Supreme Lord's devotees O Master Srimad Bhagavatam You are the sun risen in the darkness of Kali You are the exact image of Sri Krishna Padamananda Pataya Premavarshakshadayate Sarvada Sarvasevyaya Shri Krishnaya Namostume 
I bow down to you, who were supremely blissful to read. Your every syllable pours down a flood of prema. You can always be served by everyone. You are Sri Krishna himself. Madeka bando matsangin madgudoman mahadana manishtadaka madbhagya madanandana mostute My only friend, my constant companion, my spiritual master, my great wealth, my savior, my good fortune, my source of ecstasy, I bow down to you. Asadus saduta dayin atini chuchata kada anahanamunchagada chen mam premna ritkantayospuda. O bestower of saintliness to the unsaintly, O exalter of the most fallen, please never leave me. I always appear in my, in my heart and my voice with pure love. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya So we're reading, taking up the reading of Sri Briyad Bhagavatamrita. We're on the first chapter, first first part, first chapter, beginning with text 18. We've heard the Mangalacharna prayers and then the basic background of the history of the Brihad Bhagavatamrita. Text 18. Blessed Uttara said, My dear son, please extract the essence of what Shukadeva has taught you and quickly reveal it to me, as if churning the nectar of immortality from the ocean of milk. Commentary Srimad Bhagavatam is the ripe fruit of the Vedic desire tree. Nigama Kalpataror Galitam Palam. Everything spoken by Sri Shukadev to Maharaj Parikshit is essential. It represents the best of the Vedic teachings, chosen and arranged to guide students of the Bhagavatam quickly and surely toward pure devotional service to Krishna. But Uttara does not have seven days to hear the whole Bhagavatam from her son. Only if he can condense for her the essence of this essence and speak it to her in the short time remaining will her hankering for the unalloyed nectar of Prema Bhakti be satisfied. Someone might suggest that Parikshit need only repeat to her a single confidential pastime of Krishna in Vrindavan, but that would be inappropriate. One can properly relish the most intimate loving dealings of the Lord only after first submitting one's heart to a thorough cleansing. Therefore, Shukadev Goswami spoke nine cantos of Srimad Bhagavatam 
just to prepare Parikshit Maharaj for full understanding before beginning to narrate Krishna's Vrindavan Leela. Mother Uttara now soberly asks her son to use his discrimination to remo remove her misunderstandings and elevate her to Krishna consciousness. As a farmer takes several case canes of sugar to extract a cup of sweet juice, Parikshit should carefully consider his realization of the entire Bhagavatam and extract its essence. Or, using Uttara's own metaphor, his narration should be like the nectar of immortality that the demigods and demons churned with great effort from the ocean of milk. Text 19 Sri Jaimini said, King Parikshit, feeling affection for his mother, answered her respectfully, eager to enjoy recounting the wonderful narrations he had just heard about Lord Govinda. Commentary Because the Bhagavatam had aroused in him a transcendental attraction, Parikshit was quite willing to satisfy his mother's request. Added to his already great enthusiasm to keep hearing and chanting the Bhagavatam, his natural affection for his mother made him all the more eager to speak. In this mood, he was ready to reveal the essence of Srimad Bhagavatam. Text 20 Sri Parikshit, known as Vishnu Rata, said, Mother, at a time like this, one should observe silence. But your delightful question impels me to speak. I shall speak by the mercy of my spiritual master, Srimad Bhadarayani Shukadeva Goswami. First, let me offer respects to our Lord and Master, Sri Achuta, who granted the gift of life to you and your son. His compassionate grace inspired the best of his pure devotees in the great effort to extract the nectar of Srimad Bhagavatam. The greatest sages have approved this resulting work, which is full of, confident, of confidential truth. Please listen with attention as I faithfully repeat it to you. Commentary The original Vedic Shrutis and their derivative Smritis mostly reflect the general interests of human beings who strive for material progress, rarely inquiring philosophically into the purpose of life. The confidential science of pure devotional service is taught explicitly only in a few Vedic scriptures little known to the public. Among these rare texts are the Gopal Tapani Upanishad, the Narada Pancharatra, the Garga Samhita, the Vishnu Purana, the Haribangsha Upapurana, the Uttarakanda of the Padma Purana, and the Bhagavad Mahapurana. Parikshit Maharaj now offers to recite to his mother 
what he calls Srimad Bhagavatamrita, the relishable cream of all the Vedic scriptures that teach pure bhakti. These exceptional scriptures are Srimad, rich in spiritual value, and have the potency to give knowledge, renunciation, and devotion. The distilled essence of these scriptures is Amrita, a heavenly beverage that bestows immortality. Like the nectar churned from the milk ocean, from which all sorts of priceless treasures spontaneously arose. During the seven days in which Prikshit Maharaj had prepared for death, Shukadeva Goswami had spoken only Srimad Bhagavatam, but because Srimad Bhagavatam is the sum and substance of all bhakti scriptures, those scriptures revealed their conclusions during the discussion. Uttara wants to hear the essence of all devotion, devotional literature, and her son will answer accordingly. The Bhagavatam spoken by Sri Shukadeva Goswami is all beautiful, both in text and in purport. Nothing in Srimad Bhagavatam is superfluous. Nigamakalpa Taror Galitam Palam Shuka Mukhad Amrita Drava Samyutam Pibata Bhagavatam Rasam Malayam Mahur Aho Rasika Bhuvi Bhavukaha O expert and thoughtful men, relish Srimad Bhagavatam, the mature fruit of the desire tree of Vedic literatures. It emanated from the lips of Sri Shukadeva Goswami. Therefore, this fruit has become even more tasteful. Although its nectarian juice was already relishable for all, including liberated souls. Bhagavatam 1.1.3 Authorities like Sutta Goswami testify to this truth from their own experience. Nonetheless, perfect devotees may feel inclined to listen to some parts of the Bhagavatam more than others. The extraordinary Vaishnavas who have developed an unquenchable thirst for the honey flowing directly from Sri Gopinath's lotus feet feel no attraction for hearing anything other than Srimad Bhagavatam, just as even beginners in the process of devotional service no longer want to hear about jnana yoga and impersonal liberation, or as those striving for liberation lose interest in topics of material development and worldly pleasures. One second. <clears throat> Every discussion in Srimad Bhagavatam, in fact, glorifies Krishna, the lover of the gopis. But pure devotees sometimes consider the passages not directly describing those intimate glories less important. The self-realized Vaishnavas must be allowed their preferences, but neophyte devotees should not cheaply imitate them. Devotees 
not free from faults, should strictly follow the complete course of the instructions of Srimad Bhagavatam from the first chapter of Canto 1 through the last chapter of Canto 12. By repeated systematic study of the entire Bhagavatam and its authorized explanations, devotees can aspire to gradually become fit to taste the immortal nectar hidden within it. Shukadev, Narada and other Vaishnavas of their caliber contributed to this Brihad Bhagavatamrita and it is approved by great sages like Parashara and Vyasadeva. It presents the absolute truth clearly, not vaguely, like some textbooks on mantras and yoga, or dishonestly, like unauthorized pseudo-spiritual works. It presents the truth of mm. it presents the truth thoroughly, not superficially, like the works of unqualified authors who have little to say and to say less out of fear of losing their readers' attention. The essence of Srimad Bhagavatam, as explained by Maharaj Prikshit to his mother, forms the ultimate summary of Vedic knowledge. Text 24 and 25. <clears throat> Once a group of exalted sages were at Prayag, the best of pilgrimage sites during the month of Mag. The sages, had, the sages had taken their bath and were happily seated before the deity of Sri Madhava. Feeling satisfied, as if all their goals in life had been fulfilled, they were praising one another, saying, You are the recipient of Lord Krishna's mercy. Commentary These sages at Prayag were hum humble devotees of Krishna. Each of them disliked hearing himself praised and was thus trying to divert the praise to someone else. Appreciative of one another's good qualities, they could honestly tell one another, you are the Lord's dear most devotee. When Vaishnavas are friendly to one another like this, their community prospers. When Vaishnavas are friendly to one another like this, their community prospers. Prayag is called Tirtha Murdanya, the chief of holy places, because it is located at the confluence of the rivers Ganga and Yamuna. The sages were there at the most auspicious time for bathing, the month of Magh, January, February. As Dadatreya, the incarnation of the Personality of Godhead, is explained, Vrata Danatapo Bhishcha Natata Priyate Harihi Maghe Majana Matrena Yata Prinati Madhavaha the Supreme Lord Madhava, <clears throat> the Supreme Lord Madhava, is not as pleased by vows, charity, or austerity. The Supreme Lord Madhava is not as pleased by vows, charity, 
or austere penances as by one simply taking a bath in the month of Magh. Padma Purana, Uttarakhanda, 126.8 Sri Madhava is the presiding deity of Prayag Tirtha. After bathing, the sages were sitting in front of Lord Madhava, feeling extremely fortunate to be, to be together in such a sacred place at such a time. 26. Dear Mother, at that time a first-class Brahmana arrived at that holy site called Dashashrameda Tirtha. He was fully absorbed in devotional service to the Supreme Lord. 27. Richly endowed with all assets, <clears throat> he was the spiritual leader of that region. His retinue surrounded him as if prepared to distribute food to the local, as he prepared food to distribute to the local brahmanas. I'll read that again. Ritually endowed with all assets, he was the spiritual leader of that region. His retinue surrounded him as he prepared to distribute food to the local brahmanas. Text 28 Having collected all sorts of valuable items for worship of the Lord, the generous brahmana then saw to the preliminaries first by purifying a large area on the ground. There he swiftly built a handsome altar which he smeared with mud with his own hand and covered with a canopy. Commentary The unnamed Brahmana who came to conduct public worship of Lord Krishna at Dashashramedagat was the acknowledged spiritual authority of that area. Although rich and influential with ample means for, com for a comfortable life, he was a fully surrendered Vaishnava. Everything he had, he used only for the Lord's pleasure. By his heartfelt service, he satisfied the Lord and everyone else. At this time, Dashashramedagat at Prayag, at this same Dashashramedagat at Prayag, Srila Rupa Goswami later received personal instructions from Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu for ten days. Text 30. Next, he placed Lord Krishna's form as the Shalagram Shila on an auspicious golden throne and worshipped the Lord with great devotion. Joyfully, he performed the prescribed rituals. Commentary The Shalagram Shila is a sacred stone worshipped by Vaishnava Brahmanas as a deity form of Lord Vishnu. The stones are found only in the Gandaki River near the village of Shalagram in the Himalayan foothills. So precise is the science of Archana that an expert Brahmana can recognize each Shalagram Shila as a specific incarnation of Lord Vishnu by unique markings. Text 31 in front of Lord Hari, he placed food, clothes, 
and other offerings. He made a one-man festival by dancing, singing, playing music, and so on. Commentary When worshipping the deity of the Supreme Lord, one should first greet him as an honorable guest with water for washing his feet, scented water for drinking, and other items prescribed by standard etiquette. One should feed the deity nicely and offer gifts of clothes and other valuables such as perfumes and incense. The lamp offered in the arati ceremony represents the light one would show at the entrance of one's house for a guest arriving at night. A ratrikam. 32. He then offered homage to the brahmanas present who were expert in arguing from the Vedas, Puranas, and other texts. He, he also offered respects to the sannyasis, householders, and brahmacharis. <clears throat> Text 33. <clears throat> and he honored the Vaishnavas, who were always greedy to enjoy the bliss of glorifying Krishna. Thus, he encouraged the many respectable persons there with attractive words and behavior. 34. <clears throat> After placing on his head the water that had washed their feet, he worshipped those persons with the food and other items he had presented to the Supreme Lord. Commentary. One class of learned brahmanas like to display their knowledge by defeating others in argument. But another class of brahmanas, the pure Vaishnavas, prefer to use their energy to hear and chant about Krishna. Some Vaishnavas are also brahmanas by birth and external behavior, but pure Vaishnavas of any social status, even those who come from lower castes, are always better situated spiritually than ordinary brahmanas. Pure Vaishnavas bother to enter debates only when the cause of Krishna consciousness can be advanced. When criticisms of other Vaishnavas or the Supreme Lord have to be answered, or when victims of misconceptions have to be saved. The Brahmana Vaishnava Conducting this festival, honored the brahmanas and Vaishnavas with pleasant, encouraging words and with respectful behavior, bowing down to them, washing their feet, offering them arati, and so on. Text 35 Next, he respectfully fed everyone else, including the most fallen outcasts. In suitable ways, he satisfied even the dogs, jackals, birds, and insects. Commentary Shudras and outcasts are commonly considered fallen, and men who, men who are poor and hungry are usually identified as wretched. But the real criterion of a person's fallen, wretched condition is his lack of devotion to the Supreme Lord. Amanina Manadena Kirtaniya Sadahari. 
Shikshastaka 3. One who wants to worship Lord Hari perpetually by Nam Sankirtan must give up demanding respect for himself and must practice showing respect to every living creature. But the respect one shows must be appropriate for each individual. Only a fool would embrace a hungry tiger in the name of brotherly love. And so a devotee endeavoring <clears throat> and so a devotee endeavoring for purity, pure Krishna consciousness should keep a respectful distance from persons of dubious character and faith. Text 36. When he had thus satisfied everyone, the holy men invited him to take the remnants of the sacrifice. With his family and followers, that leader of brahmanas then enjoyed the nectarian prasad with great delight. Commentary Only after every living being in the vicinity was fed and pleased did the host with his family and servants honor Lord Madhava's prasad. This food was now amrita, the elixir of immortality, a sheer delight to taste, because it had been offered to Lord Krishna in devotional sacrifice. Text 37 <clears throat> After this, he again went before the Shalagram deity of Lord Krishna, and with folded hands he offered the Lord all the pious credit he had earned by the sacrifice. Commentary In sacrificial offerings, the mantras chanted declare that the oblations, after being offered, belong to the deities being worshipped. Idam Indraya Namama In Idam Indraya Namama This is for Indra. It is no longer mine. But most performers of Vedic rituals, even while verbally declaring surrender, maintain the subtle ambition to possess not only the oblations themselves, but the fruits, the outcome of the sacrifice. Pure devotional service begins, pure devotional service begins when one makes offerings only for the pleasure of the Supreme, with no hidden motive. Text 38 The leader of the brahmanas took the deity comfortably to rest and got ready to return home. Sri Narada, however, had been watching him at a distance from within the assembly of sages. Just then, Narada stood up. Again and again, Narada announced, this is the Supreme Lord Vishnu's most dear devotee. Then he ran up to the Brahmana and declared him the recipient of Lord Krishna's highest mercy. Narada proclaimed this openly to all, beside himself with eagerness for devotional service to Lord Krishna. Commentary 
Narada had been enjoying the festival incognito. Narda had been enjoying the festival incognito, but the ecstasies he was tasting in pure love impelled him to announce his realizations. All the Lord's devotees are dear to the Lord, as implied here by the word janam, which can mean either people in general or some specific person. Narda knows whom the Lord most favors, and thus the word janam also expresses a more confidential idea in Narda's mind. He is ultimately referring to the dearest servant of Sri Krishna, Srimati Radharani. The Brahmana and the other devotees Narda will praise are also aware of their own lesser devotional standing. Narda here speaks mainly to enlighten the public, but also to gain the impetus for his expedition to the far ends of the universe in search of Sri Krishna's best devotees. Text 41 Sri Narada said, O leader of the Brahmanas, it is you who have received Lord Krishna's greatest favor. After all, you have such wealth, property, generosity, and personal opulence. 42 O wise one, in this best of holy places, we have now seen for ourselves that you are using all these assets exclusively to establish pure religion. Commentary The Brahmana's personal opulence is the paraphernalia, showing his status, his vehicles, special items of clothing, and so on, and his entourage of family members, associates, and subordinates. His pure religion is devotional service to the Personality of Godhead, the Brahmana did not abuse any of his apparently material assets by employing them for material purposes. These assets had come to him as byproducts of his devotional service, without his striving for them. He could hardly keep them hidden, as, Ardahir, as Narada here remarks, but still he was happy to put them to transcendental use. 43. That most learned Ramana then replied to the best of sages, O Master, what signs of Krishna's mercy have you seen in me? Who am I but a most wretched person? How much charity am I able to give? What opulence do I have? And how have I ever reciprocated with the Lord in devotional service? Commentary Any pure devotee of Krishna considers himself insignificant, thinking himself one of the countless jivas who are mere sparks of God's splendor. The devotee is sorry for having foolishly rebelled against his Creator. And reflecting on this rebellion, he thinks that his relative influence among other fallen jivas very little. 45. But in the southern country there lives a great ruler whose kingdom has many temples of God and the demigods 
He is the true recipient of Lord Krishna's mercy. Text 46 Saintly mendicants come to his kingdom from all directions, along with pilgrims and other visitors. They wander happily, sustained by food that has been offered to Krishna. Commentary The Brahmana describes the great king as a Maharaj, a ruler of several other kings in his area. <clears throat> he was not the emperor of the entire continent, the Chakravarti. That higher position was occupied at the time by the Pandava, Yudhishthira. Later in this chapter, the southern king will also be called Sarvabhoma because his kingdom occupied a large area. Many accomplished saints migrated to his kingdom, attracted by its spiritual features. Other people, who, other people also came, including ordinary visitors, renounced pilgrims tra traveling to purify themselves, and distressed persons in search of food and shelter. All of them took advantage of the sacred, delicious Krishna prasadam, freely available throughout the kingdom. Text 47 Near this king's palace, the personality of Godhead resides if it's as if directly in his original form of eternal existence, knowledge, and bliss. He has kindly assumed a non-moving appearance. Commentary The Lord's incarnation as the deity in, the, in a temple is stationary, at least to ordinary eyes. He is the same absolute person who lives in the spiritual world, yet he assumes a special form to make himself visible to everyone. The Lord's pastime incarnations, who are rarely, are rarely, those past, the, part, the Lord's pastime incarnations, who move about displaying adventures with their devotees, are rarely seen in this cosmic manifestation. But the Vishnu deity in this king's capital was so potent and attractive that the citizens almost forgot that he was a non-moving deity. Text 48 In that kingdom, a joyous, ever-fresh festival is always being celebrated. At each moment, there are new offerings and performances of worship. Commentary the worship in the main temple of the capital never became stale and ritualistic. New items of worship were constantly introduced and more important, the devotee's interest in pleasing the Lord was also ever fresh. Thus, the displays of worship pleased both the deity and the public. 49. The king respectfully feeds all the residents of this country and the many foreign visitors with the remnants of Lord Vishnu's worship. Commentary To accommodate all the residents and travelers, the king maintained many Vishnu temples throughout the country. But the main temple 
in the capital was especially famous for its worship and prasad. 50 and 51 Saintly devotees of Lord Vishnu came from various countries to reside permanently in the kingdom. They come out of eagerness, they come out of eagerness to see the lotus-eyed deity of the Lord, to relish the food and other special remnants from the Lord, and to obtain the association of spiritually advanced persons. Commentary Besides pure devotees of Vishnu, other spiritualists also came. Those dressed as holy men, but spiritually not fully qualified, were also treated with respect. Even cats and dogs should receive Lord Krishna's prasad, but for spiritual guidance, one should approach only bona fide followers of the Vaishnava parampara. 52. The king has given his kingdom, the king has given his kingdom away to the demigods and brahmanas, dividing it among them. His kingdom is completely free from sorrow, social disruption, and fear. Commentary. The king granted to the presiding deities of local temples and to the brahmanas of each region official title to the various parts of the country. He considered himself merely the caretaker of the kingdom under authority from its legal owners. Text 53 <clears throat> In that kingdom, the earth yields crops without being tilled. Rain falls, just enough for people's comfort, and whatever fruits, vegetables, and clothing one desires are easily to be had. Commentary In the Bible, Genesis 3.19, we read that God punished Adam for rebellion, for rebellion by cursing him that outside the Garden of Eden he would have to till the earth to earn his food by the sweat of his face. Previously, the Bible tells us Adam and Eve had enjoyed the fruits of Eden without having to farm. The same ideal condition prevailed thousands of years ago in this southern Indian, South Indian kingdom. Rain fell just enough to make good crops, but mostly at night when it would at least disturb the citizens. Text 54 The citizens all happily followed the king as if they were his children. They perform their own social duties and are devoted to Lord Krishna. Commentary Like children who love and respect their parents, the citizens not only obeyed the king's directions, but also wanted to follow the example of his good character. 55 the king is always prideless, worshipping Lord Achuta with services a menial servant would perform. He pleases all the people and is dear to the Lord. Commentary So vast and rich a domain as such a reputation for religious accomplishments would make an ordinary king proud. But this Maharaj was a pure Vaishnava. He was happy to serve the Supreme Lord 
in the humblest ways, washing and decorating the floors of his temples, keeping the temple lamps filled with oil, and so on. As the term Achuttapriya indicates, he did this not to make a show of humility, but purely out of devotional, devotional enthusiasm. Mm. Text 57 He always tries to satisfy the Lord. He himself performed Sankirtan before the Lord's deity, chanting the Lord's names, composed in various attractive arrangements. He dances, sings wonderful songs, and plays instruments. His sons, wives, brothers, grandsons, priests, servants, ministers, and other subordinates he has them also take part. Commentary The king did not have to force his relatives and assistants to take part in hearing and chanting the glories of the Lord because they were all first-class Vaishnavas. 58 These good qualities arise from his devotion for Krishna. How many of them can I count, describe, or even or even be aware of commentary the brahmana's logic is as follows the king's good qualities i have mentioned are all signs of his being the true recipient of lord krishna's mercy i do not have the same mercy because i do not have the same good qualities each of the devotees approached by narada will argue in a similar way. In fact, however, all these devotees are very fortunate, even if they stand on different levels of perfection. The differences recognized by Narada and those with whom he speaks are spiritual differences, not determined by material rank or position. <clears throat> the devotee Brahmana would, would not have called the king from the, from the south a better Vaishnava than himself had the Brahmana held the prejudice that Brahmanas are always better than Kshatriyas. So we'll stop here. The next phase, Narada will go to that king that was just described by the Brahmana. So we hear the pattern. Narda meets a great devotee and praises him as the Lord's best devotee. And that devotee uh, refutes uh, Narda, Narda's proposal, that by, by glorifying a, a devotee that he considers to be more elevated. And this is the theme of the first part of the Brihad Bhagavatamrita and it will take us through the whole material world into the spiritual world uh, and above Hare Krishna so I'll stop tonight it's a little after 8 o'clock uh, Rasika Shiramani Prabhu uh, completed today the first edit of the Chaitanya Charitamrita for the audiobook the BBT audiobook, the same. And either tomorrow or the next day, 
we will start on a marathon to complete this work by proof hearing to, to make sure there's no mistakes in it and doing uh, some dub-ins, dubbing in uh, mis misspoken words or uh, some polished edits that have been made uh, since, the, since the book was published. Hare Krishna. So that means starting tomorrow or the next day, uh, I will have less time in my daily schedule for writing letters and phone calls and things like that. I'll be limited to probably about an hour and a half a day because I'll be spending many hours every day uh, to complete this, to try to complete this work by Gaur Purnima. Hare Krishna. Okay. Let's have some uh, reflections, comments, discussions, please. First is something from Vilas Manjari. Vilas Manjari. She says, Dear Maharaj, please accept <clears throat> my humble obeisances. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. In the commentary to text 23, it is explained that during the seven days Shukadeva Goswami spoke only Srimad Bhagavatam. But because Srimad Bhagavatam is the summed substance of all bhakti scriptures, those scriptures revealed their conclusions during the discussion. What does revealed their conclusions mean? Did Maharaj Parikshit hear the Brihad Bhagavatamrita in the assembly? Or was it perceived in his heart and he spoke it to his mother? Could you kindly clarify? It's the latter. It's the latter. The Bhagavatam revealed uh, all the essence of all the scriptures uh, to Maharaj Parikshit because the Bhagavatam is the essence of all the scriptures, of all the other Vedic literatures. Therefore, the verse is quoted in the purport, Nigamakalpataror Galitam Palam. It is the ripened fruit of all the Vedic literatures. Particularly notable is the word Nigama, because the word Nigama means the original Vedas, the eternal sounds that cannot be changed under any circumstance. They are co-eternal with Krishna. Whereas the... Um, uh, Agamas are the smritis. They follow the uh, shrutis. They're the same in, in meaning, but they're more elaborately explained in such a way that ordinary people can understand them. Uh, and they're written by various sages. They're not eternal sounds. In each creation, they may be a little different. So the Nigamakapataror Kalitam Palam means that the Srimad Bhagavatam is the essence of the Vedas, the Shrutis. Therefore, according to Jiva Goswami, the Srimad Bhagavatam is accepted as Shruti, even though it's in the classification of a Purana or a Smriti. It is different in quality. 
It came from the meditation of Vyasadeva, who was the literary incarnation of God. And it became... Um, well, Vyasadeva is an incarnation of Krishna, but the Bhagavatam therefore became a literary incarnation of Krishna. Therefore, it contains all of the uh, purports of all of the Vedic scriptures, the essence of them, and those were revealed to uh, Maharaj Pariksit. And therefore, Maharaj Pariksit was able to answer his mother by putting together all the essences and uh, delivering the Briyat Bhagavatamrita, which is a much shorter uh, scripture because of the time limitation he had. And therefore satisfy Uttara, Hare Krishna. Next is something from Bhakti Noel. Hare Krishna Bhakti Noel. She says, Dear Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. This nectarian text certainly evokes a different type of verve in my heart. I feel grateful to embark on this spiritual odyssey with you and the assembled devotees. Mm. I appreciated when it was read in text 46, quote, that we are foolish to rebel against our Creator, unquote. You can mm. run, but you can't hide from what resides in our hearts and souls. Mm. Also, did I read that this was the first text written by Sanatana Goswami? Yes. <clears throat> and that makes it even more special because he wrote this, or, or compiled it, or revealed it, whatever you want to call it, <clears throat> uh, not long after Lord Chaitanya instructed him for 20 days, so it was fresh in his mind also. Hare Krishna. And from Goranga Gopal Das. Goranga Gopal. He says, Hare Krishna, dear Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances, all glories to Srila Prabhupada. I feel very inspired by the part of purport of verse 24 and 25 that you noted also, quote, appreciative of one's, one another's good qualities. They could honestly tell one another, you are the Lord's dearmost devotee. When Vaishnavas are friendly to one another like this, their community prospers, unquote. What a beautiful recipe for success in bhakti. Absolutely, and we should put this over the big, lies, beautiful letters over the threshold of every temple in Iskand, because that's the way it should be. That's the goal of a temple. That's the goal of the teachings. It's the goal of the deity worship. It's the goal of everyone, of everything, to uplift uh, the world's population to pure Vaishnavism. And when our temples are like that, then the atmosphere is so clean and pure and fresh and juicy that anyone who comes in, they won't want to leave. That was Prabhupada's direct instruction to how we should maintain our temples. And our temples are places that, that give an opportunity for people to hear and chant about Krishna. Therefore, in all of our temples, the hearing and chanting about Krishna should be prominent. It should be the most prominent thing 
Hare Krishna. Something from Bhakta Ben. Haribo Bhakta Ben. He says, Hare Krishna Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. We heard this evening how Vaishnava Brahmanas don't waste energy arguing, but use that energy for hearing and chanting the Lord's glories. Yes. Sometimes when the false ego gets proud and hears something it doesn't like, the mind springs into action and saps so much <laughs> mental energy arguing with itself. Well put. In such an agitated state, hearing and chanting becomes a difficult affair. How can one becomes a what affair? Difficult. Difficult affair. How can one pacify the agitated mind and take the humble position and accept responsibility rather than waste so much time and energy going around in circles? <laughs> How can you? Well, you have to be convinced. And Krishna is very kind. He convinces us by putting in this material world and having us be beaten over the head by the material energy. <laughs> so when we get tired of enough of it and we start to think differently, then Krishna sends us a spiritual master. And then we can uh, get out of that labyrinth, the dark well of material existence. It's, it's not, it, it is something you can do, but it's, what you can do is qualify yourself for it by following uh, very eagerly uh, the instructions of your spiritual master and the scriptures and the Vaishnavas who are strictly following the scriptures. And then by that association, you become gradually uplifted to the point where you won't, won't, won't want to waste any time at all. That's the first symptom of a person who is beginning to awaken his bhava, his uh, ecstatic emotions. He doesn't like to waste a second of Krishna's time. Neither any of the things that Krishna sends him, he uses them all fully in Krishna's service. Hare Krishna. From Rati Manjari. She says, Dear Guru Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. What a wonderful bhakti adventure journey this is. It seems that many aspects of bhakti yoga are coming together in this special scripture. Tonight I heard many different interesting and thought-provoking things. One thing I especially loved was the praise and the purport of text 24 and 25. When the Vaishnavas are friendly to one another like this, their community prospers. Considering how hard people in general slave away to gain a little prosperity, this is such a simple but powerful way to become prosperous. Mm. Would you like to expand on this concept? Radhi Manjari, you just expanded on it very nicely. I have nothing else to say about it. It was well said and well put. Thank you. Hare Krishna. And something from Vangsi Vilasi Das. Hmm. He says, Hare Krishna Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. Thank you so much for reading again tonight. Narada's exclamation that the Brahmana is the Lord's most dear devotee is bewildering and mysterious. On the one hand, it seems like a very sincere, spontaneous outburst. 
Yet Sanatan Goswami says he could be referring to all devotees and is ultimately glorifying Srimati Radharani and speaking to educate people in general, aware of the Brahmana devotees' lesser devotional standing. Please, could you help me to understand this? Well, this is Sanatana Goswami. Sanatana Goswami is, is famous for uh, bringing out different layers of meanings, especially in this work, which he, he compiled himself, so he knew it very well. So, um, it means that there are different, even though the, the same words are spoken, uh, they mean more uh, and more and more to different devotees of different qualifications. And in this, in this way, these transcendental literatures are not ordinary literatures. And anyone who reads once and then goes on to another literature thinking that he has already heard it uh, is foolish, actually and is not really hearing very deeply. So in this way, Sanatana Goswami is bringing out this point of all the different meanings of uh, Narada's, Narada's words uh, to eventually uh, glorify Srimati Radharani because Srimati Radharani is the source of all devotional feelings and devotional uh, activities. Hare Krishna. Next is a comment from Hannah Gill. Hare Krishna Bhakti. Hannah, I haven't heard you from a long, for a long time. She says, Hare Krishna Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances, all glories to Sri the Prabhupada. When you were speaking about temples being clean in physical and spiritual form by being full of pure-hearted Vaishnavas, that got me very excited. I was also thinking, if we treat our bodies as temples also with that spirit of hearing and chanting and being kind-hearted, even in a temple not yet perfect, we can have the vision of it being perfect. Anyways, I hope I can join these readings more often again. Thank you very much. Yes, thank you. Well put. Hare Krishna. And something from Bhakta Patrick. Bhakta Patrick, Haribo. He says, Hare Krishna Guru Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. In text 30, it was mentioned that the Lord and everyone else were pleased by the devotee's heartfelt service. I often see that my service is rooted in a desire to control or some other mechanical self-centered reason. How can one build a deeper desire to serve from the heart? Is that something that develops naturally as we stay engaged? By chanting the Hare Krishna mantra and, and trying to give up offenses. You learn the ten offenses so thoroughly by hearing them every day, memorizing and then hearing them again and again and again and again. Just like when you were in the first grade and your teacher was drilling you with the, the multiplication and division tables and, and, and addition and subtraction tables in arithmetic with the numbers, learning the relation of the integers to one another. 
until you're, you know them so thoroughly that somebody asks you a question, it comes right out. Six times six, 36. You don't even have to think about it because there it's in, embedded in your consciousness. So there's no pill, there's no easy thing, you, no, no particular thing you can do except for learning these offenses, uh, following the regulated principles strictly, and avoiding those offenses, especially while we chant the holy name and eventually all the day in our daily dealings with others. In this way we become more conscious of what we're doing rather than just being mechanically mechanical and going through the motions of following a rule. The rule is the servant of devotion. The rule and the regulation, uh, chanting of the holy name even in the beginning, is to purify the heart because without a purified heart you can't uh, want to give up the inauspicious things that linger uh, in our conditioned heart. Hare Krishna. I thank you very much. I can see that this scripture is very potent because it's bringing out even more lovely reflections from all the, the Vaishnavas. So thank you very much for that. That's one of the uh, my, my greatest pleasures is to hear uh, the reflections of all the Vaishnavas. This is what we're meant to do. We have one more one more comment. says, Thank you, Maharaj, for your answer. I hope you don't mind me also asking. Is Parikshad Maharaj also here receiving a historical narration by mystic vision? Uh, no, he he's the one who originally spoke it. It's Sanatana Goswami who received it through his mystical vision. Hare Krishna. Sri Briyat Bhagavatam Ki Jai. Samaveda Bhakta Ki Jai. Gaur Premanandi. Hari Hari Bo. Thanks very much. See you tomorrow night. Same place, same time, same topic. Pure Amrita. Briyat Bhagavatam Amrita. Hare Krishna.